Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The extra point. 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 With Tyler Head and Gamecock Central on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome in to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell along with you. Today's special guest, former South Carolina quarterback Perry Orth. Going to be joining us for this hour. Very excited to have him here, Perry. How you doing today, man? I'm great. Glad to uh, glad to be back on. I have not been in the studio since pre-COVID. Wow, really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I used to come in here with Will and uh, yeah, yeah, and Tim at, at we do from seven to eight every Tuesday. Come in here and try to educate some people on some football and quarterback play. Now that I'm not smart anymore, we don't do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we. Uh, Good group, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, I hadn't been in here three years. Yeah, well, welcome back in, man. I know you've had a lot going on. Um, even though I I know you pretty well, I had to go like, all right, let me make sure I mention all of Perry's titles. You're former Gamecock quarterback. You obviously are now offensive coordinator at Cardinal Newman. Mm-hmm. You have uh, your quarterback training business as well. Mm-hmm. So still staying busy as always. Yes. Yep. And then we started the self defense insurance company a year and a half ago. Okay, so yeah, there's another title. That's the day job. Okay. Everything yeah. else is fun. Yeah, how is, um, I know you coached at Flora as well, so yep. nothing new for you, but you moved over to Cardinal Newman. Mm-hmm. You're there with Corey Helms. Y'all yep. got the band back together, I guess, man. Yep. How's that been so far? Oh, it's been great. You know, we had a decent team last year and just trying to rebuild a football program, which was, you know, on the verge of getting shut down. And, um, you know, fortunately, we, um, you know, we have a, a lot of great support from the AD Will Udy and the administration over there and um, looking to do things at Cardinal Newman that just has never been done. And um, we got a good good start to the program or to the 2023 season, and uh, we got some good kids coming in. And Kawan Lewis is coming down to coach with us. I don't know if you know okay, that. You remember yeah, Kawan, I linebacker? Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but I remember Yeah, he him. was here from 13 to 14, transferred to Rutgers, but he is moving back down to do some training as well and he is um he's going to be coaching linebackers and safeties for us so we are we are literally getting the gamecocks back together over at cardinal newman yeah lots of garnet and black on the staff um i ran into Corey the other day man he was all smiles seems to be very very just happy and uh feel seems just blessed with where he's at right now um i know everybody talks about camaraderie and sort of you're going to be friends for life with some of the guys you play with but uh, does it make it extra special that you're not just doing something you love, but it's it's with the guys, basically? Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, we still have a lot of our other teammates come to the games. Now, they don't coach because they've got other professions and other things mm-hmm. they want to do, but they all still come. And uh, Friday nights after games, win, lose, draw, it doesn't matter. Like, we're having pizza and beer together after the game. And and so it's kind of similar to what it was like in college. And, um, you know, you just develop a, a lifelong friendship with the folks when you come here, which we'll talk about here in mm-hmm. a little bit. But... Um, yeah, it, it is great. 
and that's a big reason why I went over there with Corey, and he's doing an amazing job. Um, it's going to be hard to keep him at Cardinal Newman, so they're either going to have to roll out the red carpet or open the checkbook <laughs> for him. But, no, he, he's doing a great job. Um, it's been really fun to see him, you know, because we were friends. We'd done, mm-hmm. like, some camps together. But to see him coach and then lead and run a program, it's been pretty cool. So, um, also, unofficial title is uh, you're the guy who throws at Pro Day. When needed. When needed for South Carolina. So, the, the rules are basically that, like, a current player can't be out there, I guess. Uh, that's I think they can. I think, I think they can, if, if I'm not mistaken. But okay. for obvious reasons, like, you don't want to not throw routes and, you know, roll Spencer Rattler out there to yeah. have him throw routes in front of 32 teams and say he doesn't throw very well. And so that's the image of these teams oh, okay. in their heads. Yeah. So it's kind of like, let's wait till it's your turn to throw at the pro day. So needless to say, I probably won't be throwing next year. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Josh reached out to me and kind of how the story went was um, Josh reached out to the carry on joiner said, mm-hmm. Hey man, you know of anybody that might be able to throw? And he said, hit up Perry. He's in town. He still does his quarterbacks. Said he, he will either have a quarterback or he'll throw to you himself. And um, this year in 2023, I've taken it upon myself to get back into the gym and working out and busting my tail every day. And so my wife runs the F45 studio in Forest Acres. And Shameless so, plug. Get that yeah, in there. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome, Shane. Oh. Um and so we've been in there every every morning, and and so fortunately I, I I've I have been throwing, so I didn't bat an eye. I was like, hell yeah, throw in front of thirty two teams, why not? You know, it's great for, you know, the kids love it, the kids that I coach, the kids I train love it. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that the guy that's been coaching them and mentoring them can still do it himself, you know. So well, it was fun. It was good. If Cam Newton can use Auburn's pro day to springboard his career, why not you? The only difference between me and Cam Newton is, um, <laughs> gee, where do I start? The uh, only difference, <laughs> just one. That, that's it. He's just a little taller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I would be terrified to get hit. You know, the other day I went um, to the South Carolina practice, part of the coaches' clinic, and just yeah. looking at the defensive lineman, I'm like, how did I live getting <laughs> hit by those guys? But different time. I guess I was crazy back in my younger 20s back in your younger days man younger you, days but you were still spinning it i feel like did you, yeah. did you feel good with how you threw it like i i watched you i was like i mean the ball's getting there it's getting yeah. out it was, yeah it had a good uh it looked like a good uh you had a good rotation on the yeah, ball yeah 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 i mean that was the one thing that i, I vividly remember about my playing careers that's how i kind of climbed the ladder was spurrier loved how the ball came out of my hand mm-hmm. he's like hey throw a good spiral we'll put you in there <laughs> so <laughs> um but no it came out good uh, a lot of the the coaches on staff that i've gotten to know um, even said they were really impressed with how I threw, and I was I was pumped. It was good. NFL balls, though, man, they're they're unbelievable. Especially, um, Larry Waters, the the head equipment yeah manager, um, who runs all all that stuff. He he and his team did a great job with the NFL balls, tacking them up and getting them ready. And yeah, I was coming out hot a couple times. Missed Josh on that deep ball, unfortunately, still kind of eating at me. But maybe just not, might need to cool it off the next time we do that. Yeah, well, and you're not used to throwing. I mean, if you're on a team with a guy, obviously, y'all have been developing rapport for weeks, really months, sometimes years, mm-hmm. and now you're out there. You're trying to, I'm sure, judge, all right, his speed, where's, what spot is he going to get to? Yeah. I'm sure there's a little adjustment for both of you yeah, throwing no, like that. Yeah, I, I think the thing that shook me, because everything else, we were on point the entire mm-hmm. day, which was awesome. Um, but when they told me he ran an unofficial four three eight or something mm-hmm. like that i was like oh my god i'm gonna have to throw this thing a country mile <laughs> you know because i wanted him to show off his speed yeah 
Yeah. And I just threw it too flat. I had to, needed to put more air on it, let him run underneath it, and I just tried to guide him too far. Just barely missed him, though. We had him in here last week. Okay. I thought he had a great pro day, man. He like, did. For a guy that's coming off a knee injury, too. Yeah, he did, man. Did, he did you not think he was running around like... I mean, he looked as quick as I've ever seen him. Well, so we went through on Thursday night. Because mm-hmm. he reached out to me Wednesday. We threw Thursday night. Pro day was Monday night. And I was just shocked at how well he was moving. Because, I mean, I was watching the Clemson game. I mean, I thought he was done, done. Like, yeah. his career was over. But he came back. I mean, he was flying. Caught the ball well. I mean, he caught the ball well all week. Like, I think we... In the three days that we threw together, including Pro Day, I think would have been four days, actually, I think he dropped maybe one ball, maybe two balls. like, And a couple of them weren't even that great of throws. So, yeah, he, he can catch, and, he, and he, I think he'll have a shot at the next level. And if he can be diligent play special teams, he'll have a, he'll have a good career. Yeah, he, he told us one team was like, hey, you'd be our punt returner today, basically. So I think special teams side – will help him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody knows, obviously, about the big three with Carolina. You got Cam Smith, Darius Rush, Zach Pickens. They all get drafted. But I thought once you get past those guys, I thought Josh had a great day. And then I think Nate Atkins is the guy that's going to surprise yeah. some teams. Was, was it me and you that were talking about Nate? I can't remember. Maybe it was Mike Uva. I cannot remember. But um, Nate's going to have an eight-year career and play for six different teams. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have an NFL career where you're going to be – five years from now and it's going to be like nate atkins on the four yard flat route and you're like wait a second he's still playing and he he loves the game he's a blue collar kid he was so friendly i had never Mm -hmm. met him before and um he was very appreciative of me getting to throw to him because we never worked out which was funny because the kid from unc charlotte was going to throw to everyone including jalen brooks nate um the other running back that was out there um and they called me in the morning and said hey you uh you're gonna throw to everybody including the defense and i was like all right well Two ibuprofen, an energy yeah. drink later, and I was re- I was ready to go. <laughs> were, were you nervous at all? I know Kendall asked you before we came on. Was there any nerves getting back out there, or was it co- sort of like, all right, this is really cool? Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, if I, the nerves that I did have were like these guys, this is their interview, trying to make it happen, and I don't want to do anything stupid or make a bad throw where the one they get hurt or it makes them look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the one really, I would say, really bad throw I had, we were doing a defensive period, and they were like, hey, throw it a little bit higher. So I threw it really high and way behind Darius Rush, and he jumped up, grabbed it one hand. And I was like, hey, man, you're welcome, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, you was, set him up. Yeah, I did. No, he, and I was blown away that he even got to that ball. It was crazy, but... Um, I guess in a way, I saw him at when I was at practice, and I dapped him up and said, hey, man, you're welcome. I'll just, you know, a thousand bucks will do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep our conversation going with former Gamecocks quarterback Perry Orth here on today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. The Extra Point with Tyler Head and Gamecock Central on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell along with you today's guest, former South Carolina quarterback, Perry Orth. And uh, Perry, as you were talking about in the first segment there, you are obviously well ingrained in the Columbia, South Carolina community now, but you are originally from just outside of Jacksonville. Yep, that's right. Ponte Vedra High School. Um, I'm from Jacksonville. I went down there, went to Ponte Vedra for two years to play football and... Um, you know, it was kind of funny back then. I didn't really realize, or I knew what I was doing. I wanted to go play for a coach that had played quarterback in the NFL. I knew mm-hmm. he was going to help me get developed when I went to college. But I can't tell you how many times now I've talked with parents about, 
hey, we're at this school. I don't know what to do, but we're really wanting to do this. Like, what do you think we should do? And one thing I never do is I never recruit kids for different schools. I don't Mm -hmm. try to move pieces. I'm not the middle guy between stuff. I stay out of it. But what I tell them is like, one, I transferred high schools. I didn't obviously in college, but I went after my sophomore year, I went to a bigger public school um, to help get more exposure. And then we moved. We moved about 20 miles from Jacksonville down to Ponte Vedra so I could go play at the school. And it was a sacrifice that my parents, you know, had to make and we all had to make, but it was well worth it. And um, kind of the rest is history. Um, but yeah, so I ended up from, came from Ponte Vedra and graduated in the 2012 and was going to be a part of that class as a PWO, but because of some school and admin stuff, um, I had to wait until January. Mm-hmm. So I came in in January and, um, had camped here. I, had, I mean, I remember, I, and it was only one time, but when I was in 10th grade, I remember having an email conversation with coach Beamer when he was here the first time. <laughs> So, um, you know, I had been kind of recruited by South Carolina, but not nothing hot and heavy. It was just kind of like touch and feel, like seeing what was happening with me. They would check in every once in a while. Then they ended up taking a kid by the name of Brendan Nosovich, who I was just texting a few minutes ago. He just had a baby girl a couple months ago, or last month, and uh, he'll be down here next month to come and hang out. We were in both of each other's weddings, best friends to this day, which we'll talk about how, you know, the special bond that we all have as players and what – south carolina meant to us but we um yeah so i I came here just with the hopes of having an opportunity and coach spurrier was true to his word and said hey you know if you come here like i'm going to give you a chance to play we like how you throw but we wanted to take take him as our guy on scholarship Mm -hmm. but you know when you get here i'll give you every opportunity to earn a earn a scholarship and play if you're the best guy and you know one thing led to another we were joking on uh on saturday at practice, there were a couple of uh, of errant throws, and uh, I looked at Corey because Corey Helms and I were watching together, and I was like, "Plays like that were how I got a chance, right?" Yeah. Like yeah. I remember um, in 2013 when it was you know you had Connor and Dylan, and I was throwing the ball good one day in Indy, and Spurrier thought it'd be funny to throw me out there with the ones that I was the first year walk on. <laughs> like, oh hell, let's do this thing, you know? Threw a couple good passes, and he pulled me out and kind of gave me the thumbs up and gave me a knuckle and and um you kind of just progressively earned his trust to to get out there and do what it needed same thing with ga who's now coaching at hammond Mm -hmm. so there'll be a big test for us this fall but um but yeah so they uh you know just continued to earn their trust that that i could go out there and make it make it happen and lead the offense and yeah that that was that was pretty much it And, and really had an awesome Really, really awesome time here. And it was funny now, looking back, all of my best friends on the team were all of my offensive linemen. You know, Mm -hmm. I was friends with the other positions, but, like, now to this day, the guys that are still here that we hung out with. Now, Garrett Anderson didn't play with me, but friends with Garrett Anderson, Mike Matulas, Brock Stadnick, Corey Helms, um, Alan Knott came in town for Mike's wedding a couple weeks ago and just partying with those guys. (laughs) You know, and and, uh, I feel like any good quarterback should always be close with his with his O-lineman, just because, you know, ultimately I was six feet, 200 pounds playing the SEC. you got to be friends with those guys to protect you. Is Matula still getting in the ring, any? that That's one guy I would never mess with Mike. Like, take one look at Mike Matula's. 
I'm not messing with that guy. No, yeah. Ever. Yeah, and, you know, now he's all cleaned up, selling real estate. Real estate, yeah. You know, he actually just won. I'm going to have another quick plug for, for Mike. He just won top producer for Century 21, I believe, in the entire state. If not, it was the Midlands or maybe his office. So he is killing it in real estate right now. And, uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, he comes across super, you know, soft spoken, real sharp. Oh, yeah. He would beat you into the next universe <laughs> if you got in a ring with him. Um, but he, he tells me that he's training. He wants to do another fight, but he did just get married. And as I don't think his wife wants him yeah. to fight. <laughs> but when he was fighting and they were just dating, she supported him the whole time, which was really pretty cool. Maybe one more fight just for, one more just fight. for good measure. Yeah, so we can kind of hype it up, get on yeah. the radio, get a good plug, yeah. get about, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people over at the township and pack it out for old Matulas. That would be fun, man. So um, you sort of talked about it, but since this is Garnet Trust Hour, a little bit of a focus on NIL and kind of supporting the guys. Maybe You know, you said yourself off air, like you were not the five-star guy coming in. Um, there was no NIL at the time at no. all anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, you've really, even though you're not from Columbia, you've stayed here. You've um, ingrained yourself in this community, I think. Yeah. What has it been like for you to be um, a part of that community and – you know, you support this community, but they support you as well. Yeah. Uh, I have a really close friend. He's actually the Attorney General, Alan Wilson. He gave me one of um, the best pieces of advice right as I was graduating. I think it was like the week before we played USF in the bowl game, what, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, Perry, you know, I've been in politics for a decade at this point, and I have spent and raised millions of dollars for the notoriety that you have for free. Not for free obviously you worked in school but virtually for free right why would you leave that and it's not like a clout thing it's not like a hey every like going out to eat and people being like oh there's a quarter no it's not about that it was more of just setting up yourself for your life after college and you know you hear the phrase when you go to college you know four year it's a four-year decision for a 40-year lifetime you know after college um it was right. He was right. He was spot on. So I decided to stay here in the state. Was in Greenville for a brief, brief stint. Came back to Columbia and just I've constantly stuck with Gamecocks because they take care of you. You know, I was loyal to the program, like you said. And even you know, I wasn't a five star recruit. I wasn't a five star player. I didn't go off to have a big time NFL career. Um, but because you know, I showed that I cared. I played hard, and I never got into trouble. You know, the Gamecocks they they, they take care of you. And I will tell that to any recruit that anybody that uh, if they ever ask me to speak to anybody or connect with a recruit or a quarterback who's being recruited, like I'll tell them the same thing. Like, you know, you can go to another school, you can go to an Oklahoma and be the five-star guy and be another guy. You can come here and be the guy. And I remember when I was working to carry on Joyner out when, when he was in high school, like, and I told him the same thing. I was like, yeah, I know you're coming to South Carolina, but if you stay here, buy into being a Gamecock, mm-hmm. play your ass off, whether it's good or bad, just play hard mm-hmm. and be a good kid. Like, they'll take care of you. And, you know, I look at, you know, I work, went to work at Floor in Greenville with the president of Floor at the time um, of a Fortune 500 company was a Carolina grad. I literally mm-hmm. did my interview there in the frat house over at the, the Kai Sai frat house at the lodge <laughs> over in Greek Village. That's where I did my first interview was right before we played Florida. And, you know, I kind of, piggyback that to come down here to sell insurance and then do my quarterback training um was working for two guys that graduated from south carolina and then now we're starting our own our own thing so you know we 
everywhere I have turned, there's always been someone to kind of take care of you. Even if you're going to buy a truck. I remember I was driving a beat-up old Volkswagen before I went and bought my truck. And, I mean, it wasn't worth but 200 bucks. But somebody gave me a nice deal and said, hey, man, like, we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, right? Like, it, it, it's pretty remarkable how they... They have taken care of not only me, but even some of my other friends that have stayed, maybe not in Columbia, but in South Carolina. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. We'll keep our conversation going about NIL with Perry Orth on the other side right here on 107.5 The Game. Family is comfort. It's care. It's a safe place. It seems when you need help, you can always count on family. At Broom Heating, Air, and Electrical, they are a family you can depend on and have been for 53 years. Heating and air is their passion. Customer service is their pleasure. And when Broom Heating, Air, and Electrical are in your home, your family is theirs. For an appointment, call 803-754-9409 or visit their website at broomheating.com. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and today's guest, Perry Orth, former South Carolina Gamecocks quarterback, talking a little bit about name, image, and likeness in the last segment. And Perry, you came into South Carolina in 2013, right around the time of the uh, O'Bannon versus the NCAA case, which really got the ball rolling on a lot of things that have happened with name, image, and likeness over the past decade, did you ever think we would get something like what we have now? And are you surprised with what we've seen over not even the first two full years, we still haven't gotten there yet, um, of NIL in college sports? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's a hell of a debate. Um really random but my freshman year of college was in 2013 and in at South Carolina you had three core English classes that you had to take and they all kind of built on on top of each other and I had to put together it wasn't a thesis but you had to choose a topic that you were going to progressively write essays on and just develop over basically a year and a half three semesters and this was the topic I chose and in 2013, two years before they came out with it, I wrote in the paper that they should stipend mm-hmm. the players. Now, I didn't call it cost of attendance. I was like, you know, you can't get paid a salary, right? I, I don't think that you should be paid a salary. Now, I think we're trending in that direction. But, um, you know, at the time was like, can you give them, you know, a thousand bucks a month to, to live because they, they really don't have the time to have a full-time job like maybe somebody else? Yeah, absolutely. And two years later, the and I'm not, I mean, I'm sure that was well in the works before I wrote that essay, but nonetheless, it was something that I had been kind of spinning on for some time. And I know Spurrier was very outspoken about it. He was all for it all the time. You know, then the NIL, everybody thought like, well, can I make money on jersey sales? Well, then it became, can I make money on myself? Because you look at nowadays, like you got people my age making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, some a month based off of things they do on social media. And you know, you look at Spencer Rattler has more followers on his Instagram account than the Gamecock football does. Mm-hmm. And the attention that he's able to attract through that, like if somebody wants to pay him to market his product, then he should be able to do that. Um, you know, as far as like granting people like, hey, if you come here, we're going to pay you $13 million over the course of your career. Like that obviously is going to go sideways because... I don't know how much money these 
university or the boost these booster clubs or these people are able to kind of wrangle up but you know the it's not like the university of florida is writing a check to this kid for 13 million it's all outside money and that that's another um myth that people think oh well florida's paying a max it's like no you know the 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 booster club of the collective basically yeah yeah the collective of each university is going to wrangle up that kind of money um where i could see it going is i think they should salary cap it um, where they limit maybe to four million, and this is how much NIL money that you have to your collective has. Now, if the individual wants to go out and get deals on his own, then it is what it is. But the collective should be because right now, what it is, it's free agency without a salary cap, and that's where you're going to run into some big issues. Well, and the fact that it is kind of outsourced, like you as a university, like you said, people are maybe going to assume, oh, that's the university doing that, but really. It can't be the university the way it's structured right now, so it's completely outsourced, which invites um, whoever Everyone. into the conversation. Um, you know, I think overall it is a good thing. I think that it gets a bad rep because of the few little the story. You know, yeah. Florida quarterback gets offered this that grabs the headlines, but mm-hmm. then it's like you know, to carry on Joiner is able to support his new baby girl when he really, literally the the rules were so confined before. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to do that. And no, I mean, yeah, we were talking about it offline, and, and he, you know, he posted on social media of, I mean, stacks of boxes as high as his door outside of his front door, you know, for, you know, for his, um, I guess, would have been his his uh, baby registry or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it's called. I mean, he just, it, it, it is, you're right. It is really cool what it is capable of doing. You're going to have your one-offs and your bad, your bad stuff and your tampering here and there, but... Um, you know, where I where I see South Carolina having a lot of success is because of the culture and the program and the people that Coach Beamer is bringing in the doors there. It's going to it's going to help keep the good players. Now you can't help. You're going to have a few kids leave every year. It's just part of it, you know. But you know, if you notice the kids that left, they were not Beamer recruited kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's not a, a slight on on the previous staff but it is what it is that's the truth and think about it in in your shoes you know do you go and you leave your current role that you really like to take a job that pays 10 percent higher but you know you there's a lot of uncertainty about it you don't know but you know that you really love your job you make good money and you're really comfortable with where you're at mm-hmm. well if you have a really good work environment, you're probably not going to leave. Now, 25% increase, you you know, hey, what can you do? You're at least going to go back to the coach and say, hey, like, university of whoever has come to me and said, hey, like, they think they could set up a deal about $2 million. What can you do for me? Or I'm thinking about going to the NFL, and here's what I can make while I'm there. You know, what can we do? And ultimately, that's what they've done with a couple of their, their key players now is they've laid out the – the, the pros and the cons is here's how much money you can make at this draft pick over the next five years. If you stay, improve your draft stock. Here's the difference by staying one year. Here's how we can supplement you over the next 12 months, eight months or whatever it is. So um, they're, they're, they're educating our guys here, you know, the Park Avenue group. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to help and they're trying to, uh, you know, provide income for these kids. But at the same time, they're educating them you know, about finances and what that looks like when they're out of the college bubble because it changes 
instantly. You go from being the guy and having free meals and everything planned for you to to nothing planned for you, and you got to make it happen on your own. So they're doing a great job here about it. And Perry, what are your thoughts on the NCAA going to Congress, attempting to finally try and get their hands around this a little bit, even though they've kind of let it run wild for these first couple of years? Well, if you guys know me, you'll you'll know my take on Congress um, <laughs> and all that crowd. You know, you got a bunch of bureaucrats trying to make a decision who can't make decisions on anything else. So, um, but it, uh, it what it does, it does show you that it's a bit out of control and putting some guidelines on it and uh, roadblocks, if you'll call it, will certainly help. You know, you, you don't, the last thing you need is the government tampering into college athletics. My God, that is the last thing you need. But, well, they're out of touch too. They're, you got people talking about a situation where they're, they have no actual feel for what's going on yeah, on a day to day. Correct. Correct. So, um, putting some, ro- you know, ro- uh, roadblocks in it or, 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 guardrails that that might be the best term putting some guardrails on it like like i said creating a a collective salary cap to where you cannot exceed this amount every year um will keep things from getting out of control and kind of will level the playing field because you still have the opportunity to collect some nil money through the collective if you want to go out and do it on your own so be it i mean people are already doing that anyway but you know as far as your school's collective it, it, it can't exceed that that max Definitely, man. So um, I want to talk some X's and O's a little bit. Um, Tyler, should we go ahead and go to break? Uh, yeah, we, up now? yeah, we can then, go ahead and take our break okay. and come back and yeah, talk. Yeah, let's take our break. I want to talk Spurrier offense. I want to talk the Perry Orth offense and then the Dow Loggins offense as well. All right, we'll be right back on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, today's guest, former South Carolina quarterback Perry Orth. Before we jump into the X's and O's, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Perry, given that you played for Coach Spurrier, quickly, do you have a favorite Spurrier story? Uh, apologize. Not not one that comes off the top of my mind, um, but, um, I mean, I have the, the classic ones where... Um, he would poke fun at other players or, you know, talking about my buddy Brendan. You know, we were walking onto the practice field one day and he was giving Brendan a hard time because he wasn't throwing as pretty of a spiral as Coach Spurrier would have liked. And me and Dylan and Brendan were walking on the practice field and he rides up in the golf cart and kind of slowly, like, driving alongside of us. He goes, hey, quarterbacks, in Nasevich? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, no. It was me and Brendan and no. Dylan. And just like those little those little side comments, man, just he just had a way of just kind of cutting you to the core and um just really letting you know if uh you know, if he felt like you were you know, you weren't holding up your end of the bargain. Um I remember one summer I was playing golf like almost every day and I was really hitting the ball well and I went out and I shot an eighty one and I was like I killed it today and we had like a late meeting and I went in and had my you know polo on and golf shorts and he goes hey Perry you been golfing and I said yes sir and he said actually just played today shot an eighty one I was pretty pumped he looked at me and said yeah that's not that good <laughs> just walked away and I was like God dang it <laughs> but uh, can never win no I mean you you never could win it, it, but it, it made made for great stories and um, got a chance to talk to him last 
summer he was in town and doing really well. I know he's dealing with some health stuff and just part of getting old. But, man, you know he's still sharp as attack in his mind. He could still get out there and dial him up. No doubt. No doubt about it. No, no doubt at all, man. And, uh, hey, the beauty of Spurrier is, yeah, I'm sure you, you had to always be on alert that he was going to come after you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you talked about it. If you, if you were the best quarterback, you were going to play. And yeah. he did not care if he didn't care where you were from, he didn't care if you were a preferred walk-on, five-star, wherever in between, if you were going to run the offense and handle that position mm-hmm. the way he wanted, yep, you were going to have a chance to play. Yeah, and that, that's the key, the way he wanted, <laughs> right? So, like, when he would come into the weight room, we would jump rope because he knew he wanted us to jump rope. Like, we'd grab a rope and start jumping. Now, um, believe it or not, like, jumping rope does help with quickness and being light on your feet. That's why boxers do it, but... Um, yeah, if you if you ran his offense the way that he wanted, like, for instance, I remember when I wasn't playing and I would watch him on the sideline calling a game, like, he would never follow the ball. I wouldn't, I don't say never. More times than not, when we would pass the ball, he wouldn't follow, like, snap quarterback, quarterback to receiver. He would just have his eyes on the area where he wanted the ball to go. When he saw the safety lineup where he was at, he was like, he would just get zoned in on that one spot. And when the ball wouldn't hit there, just prepare for battle because it was coming even in a completion mm-hmm. the dig was open why didn't you throw the dig coach the flat was open the guy sunk off into it he's ah nope nope dig was open dig was open you missed him all right next play <laughs> like that, that's just how it went and i see a lot of that now in my coaching and i do the same thing now because obviously being a quarterback being kind of under his tree when i'm calling plays i'm looking for a spot and i get why didn't the ball there i didn't call the play for you know just to laugh about it. I called it because I wanted to hit this play, hit this ball right here on this field, right right on on that section of the field. So um, it's been pretty cool to see kind of that translate into my coaching style. How difficult is it um, calling plays from the sideline? Like, I, I was always amazed at Spurrier's ability as a head coach. You have all this other stuff going on. And I think that's why it was important to have a guy like Ellis Johnson who you could sort of be like, go run the defense, go do yeah. all this stuff. But... To call plays from the sideline, you see a lot of just regular OCs. They're up in the box. They want to see yeah. coverages from from afar, like that bird's eye view. Um, if you've ever watched a game from a sideline, it's a completely different perspective, oh, yeah. trying to see where <laughs> all the chess pieces are moving. Um, how difficult is that to sort of see what a defense is doing from yeah, the sideline? It's, it's easy to see secondary. Defensive line's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have somebody in the box that can see that you trust emphatically to relay the message. And then the other important thing about being on the sideline, which is why I like to be down there and why he did as well, in my opinion, is he wanted to gauge the temperature of everything. He wanted to be in the mix and feel the flow and be a part of the crowd and um, just be in the mix, right? Where if you're in the box, it's kind of like it's more of watching film and I'm not saying it doesn't work because obviously there are plenty of guys, but like you look at Andy Reid's on the field, the head coach mm-hmm. uh, Sirianni's on the field, uh, Sean Payton's on the field, and there's something to be said for being on the field, uh, kind of like I said, gauging the temperature of your offense, understanding the body language of who's doing what, who's seeing what. It's easier to talk to more people than be like, "Hey, get him on the phone now, get him on the phone now, get him on the phone back now, give me give me the quarterback back," right? So. You get a really good feel for where everyone's at, and then ultimately, right, you can you, you get a good feel for what the defense is doing too. I feel like it would kind of serve to lock your brain into, like you almost, 
feel like you'd be a little disconnected up in the box. Yep. It's almost like you're playing a video game or something. Yep. You're so far away. Whereas if you're down on the field, you're hearing everything. You're smelling the grass. Like Your brain is locked in to no the doubt. task yeah. at hand. Um, so how much of what you're doing now, without giving away all your secrets, um, have you taken from your old Spurrier playbook? And how much have you said, uh, I'm going to tweak this, I'm going to throw this in? Um, how much has that maybe affected your approach as a coach? Yeah, well, if, you know, the the guys that will tell you at Cardinal Newman, like, if you want to know what our foundation is in the past game, get Spurrier's menu 1 through 10. Plays menu 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And if Coach Spurrier ever hears this, uh, the, the, you know, our broadcast today, um, he'll know, like, I'm running his menus. I'm running the same ones. I'm running trio right menu 3. That was one of our plays at South Carolina. We know that menu three is a five-man protection. Here comes the play, right? Um, now, what I have taken from Coach Spurrier that I really, really like and what has made him unbelievable as a play caller was how do you run those same plays out of different formations or motion into them and just throw a bunch of eye candy at the defense just to ultimately – Get the ball to the area of the field that you know is going to be open, right? Cover three is cover three. Whether you're playing Hammond, whether you're playing AC Flora, or you're playing the New England Patriots, right? The areas of the field um, against cover three are still open regardless of the level of football. So how do we get to that area? Well, these are the three plays, four plays that I really like that are going to get to that area of the field. And that was something that, that I took from him. So you'd line up and you'd want to run a three-by-one play where you'd start out with two tight ends and a running back, and then you'd bump the tight end out, and now the defense is giving you a check. Well, when they see motion check with the tight end, they're going to be in cover three. Well, here comes that play. Well, he just dressed it up a little different versus lining up and then running the play, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so you're you're trying – you know what you – in some ways you know – almost what you want them to be in defensively, yes. and you're trying to maybe move the chess pieces around. I'm trying to, and Spurrier would say the same thing, Coach Spurrier, is I'm trying them to show, I'm trying to get them to show their hand. Mm-hmm. Because I know based off of film, if I do this, they're going to do that. Well, if they do that, then I'm calling my cover three beater. Got you. So, um, And it was ultimately to get to the... Get to the point where they were in quarter so you could throw the post over their head. That was, that, that, that was the ultimate goal of that all. That was the goal. So, and that, that was the, uh, I feel like the most, one of the most famous Spurrier concepts is like the mills where you have, it's what, dig underneath and then the post, post over, over top. top. And he hit the very first touchdown of the entire Spurrier era. I believe was on that call, the Noah Whiteside yeah. throw against UCF. Yep. Yeah, I mean, all you because in quarters that, that, play side safety is about 10 12 yards off the ball he's on the hash and he's really a run threat so if he sees any run action his first step is up well then once he sees play action then that safety works to the number two receiver well then the safety is responsible for number two well if number two comes up 12 yards and runs a dig that safety has to cover him well then there's nobody over the top and if you got a dude out at at wide or at x that can Mm -hmm. take the top off and beat that corner now the quarterback's throwing the ball to the middle of the field so the receiver can run away from the db and now that's how you're scoring touchdowns let's move this forward a little bit to south carolina and uh, current offense and the offense at the end of last year i mean perry i never in a million years thought after what happened at florida Mm. that the tennessee and then the clemson game as well would play out the way it did um what did you see as a coach being the biggest difference just in how 
Spencer operated and how the entire offense operated those last two regular season games? Spencer looked really comfortable. They protected him. And uh, to be honest, that that was like the because I don't know their plays, I don't know, mm-hmm. I didn't know their philosophy. That, that those were the two things I noticed. They protected him. Spencer looked comfortable, played confident, got the ball out of his hand, showed why he should be a top NFL draft pick. I actually asked Josh Van about that. I was like, "Hey, man, just for myself and for the entire Gamecock faithful, please tell me what the hell happened in the last, <laughs> really, the last three games, right? I mean, they even bottle another, that up. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Man, we just got super basic." We were running a lot of mesh concepts and a lot of switch routes on verticals, and you know, Spencer found the guys. I mean, when you when you have the receiver talent that we did, you know, you got to give your guys a chance, right? And if you can protect it, you got to put. I'm a firm believer that you got to put stress on a defense, right? You don't sit back and let them beat your beat your head in. Like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose taking shots. Like, we're going. That's how we're going down. And. Um, you know, it was good to see them do that, and we had the talent to do it, and we're going to have the talent again this fall to uh, to to put strain on the defense as well. And Dow Loggins has mentioned it several times, and the players we've heard from as well that they're going to keep those basic concepts for this new offense. Not really even new offense, the modified offense that he's bringing in here. Uh, how much confidence does that give you uh, for what they're going to have this fall? Yeah, it gives me a ton of confidence, and you know, having talked with um, you know both um a couple of the guys on the team and a couple of the the assistant coaches and actually was out at the beach volley my wife is also a beach volleyball assistant coach for the the women's team at carolina and so i got a chance to see luke there his girlfriend plays and so i asked him too and i was like you know how do you like this new offense he's like man it's just a couple worded calls it's you know four or five words we get our formation protection motion pass play and we're rolling and a lot of it's the pure progression stuff and makes it super makes it a lot easier on the quarterback than the previous system which obviously is going to help every quarterback so um really really expecting big things out of out of rattler and then you know luke and um and then ultimately when it's time for mr sellers to take the reins which i fully expect him to um he'll be ready yeah we don't we don't have a ton of time to get into him but stud lenora sellers best best player i have seen with my own eyes in high school ever Really? Quoted. Done. I, I will stand by that until somebody is better. The The second best player was when I was in middle school. I watched Jamie Harper, the running back that went to Clemson. Yes. Yeah. Um, I watched him just terrorize my Stud. high school. He was, he was a five-star, by the way. Um, Lenoris single-handedly took over the state semifinal against Flora and the state title game. I mean, if he didn't get hurt his junior year, he probably would have been regarded as the best quarterback prospect ever out of South Carolina. I'm excited to see how he progresses and uh, how that uh, prediction comes true. That'll I, do. I, I think it, I think it will. I mean, the to your point, if he had had the year, if he had not gotten hurt, then it is an all-out war just to get him to South Carolina because everybody. Yeah. Oh, he'd be at Southern Cal. Every, everybody would. Yeah, he's out there with Lincoln Riley throwing the ball around, and apparently, early indications are he's already picking it up oh he's a dude he i'm telling you he he was the best player and he gets it he's smart he speaks the language um but when you guys go out to the spring game when you see this kid in uniform you you your jaw is going to hit he looks like an nfl middle linebacker (laughs) playing quarterback and he's 18 all right that'll do it for today's edition of the garnet trust hour perry thank you so much for hanging out with us obviously this is a a very familiar place for you. We can certainly get you back in here uh, down the road, talk some more 
football, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it, guys. All right, coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.